Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to a quick and fun travel escape? Enjoy public art outside or outsider art inside and refresh your sense of history with awe-inspiring parks and museums. Vicksburg is the key to the South. Well, we've reached everyone's most anticipated team in our spring wraparound. Everyone loves to talk about Ole Miss. My friend Michael Borky from Sports Talk Mississippi has joined me to do exactly that. Let's just talk like a general overarching well, thing. First, first, first. Oh, is a first, okay. I need credit for showing up. I mean, you're here. I'm here. Your voice sounds fantastic. I, I deserve credit for that because apparently that's hard to do. <laughs> We're recording this uh, about three hours before showtime of Monday, Sports Talk Mississippi. I'll just go ahead and let you in. You know I've got some jokes. They're coming. They're, that's Good. Coming. It's going to happen. Good. So just, just be prepared. It, Sell and, my jokes it, when I make them. You got you to gotta give me a little over the top. You know? I, I will. Because, and what's funny, there are people that are like not taking the jokes well. It's not old Mrs. Fault, Morgan Wallens. Uh, <laughs> it's not. Uh, um, uh, uh, lost his voice. Lost his voice it's, yeah. it's 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 not their fault. So he's the jerk. I mean, I drank all weekend and didn't lose my voice. I yeah. just will point that out. He's the uh, guy that lost his voice. But anyway, uh, the returns on speaking of Mississippi State, uh, a lot of people that I know that went loved Hardy, and I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. I already put on a great show, so he he'll be on that level soon enough. Like he's just in that tier below right now. Next year will be his time to jump to be the the, the headliner. So. All right, spring football at Ole Miss. Football. My question is this, this to start off. Is spring football harder at Ole Miss because of the constant influx of new faces? I mean, it's it, it becomes about building chemistry before you can even do anything else, doesn't it? Uh, let's put it this way, and, and this is not chemistry building. This is more of just kind of the nature of it. I had to have the roster up watching the spring game. Just to, to look at numbers to figure yeah. out who these guys were, and yeah. that's, that's kind of it. I'm... I'm curious to see how that goes this year because, you know, say what you want about Lane Kiffin and Auburn and all that, but it absolutely, to some degree, impacted the locker room to some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were questions all season, last season, about locker room chemistry. And then you read quotes from Lane Kiffin about, and he was taking a shot at Hugh Freeze, about how other coaches preach family atmospheres. And he said, it's not a family, it's a football team. Our job's to win. I'm not, I'm not your dad and paraphrasing what he said but he's right and it's not a family it is a football team it's a cutthroat business but shouldn't you try to sell that to your team to get them to come together and and play together I've wondered about the transfer portal working in terms of bringing in talent where Ole Miss otherwise could not bring in I mean how many times are they signing five-star wide receivers they got one other in their history and they brought one in from the transfer portal from Texas A&M. They can't do that very often. But chemistry is kind of a a thing here. And it's an underrated talking point. I think I, I don't hear enough Ole Miss people talking about that. There was a moment in the spring game where the aforementioned Texas A&M transfer, uh, one of his teammates scored a touchdown. And Lane Kiffin is actually on the broadcast talking to Richard reluctantly. He did not, <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to. Well, but... Yeah. but uh, Marshall did we, not go. We celebrate. sympathize, Lane. Marshall didn't go celebrate with his teammates, and, and Lane was like, uh, "We we got to go talk to him about that." When your teammate, if it's not you, it doesn't matter. Your team scored. You go celebrate with them. That's the kind of stuff that they're having to deal with, which is just a little bit extra. At least you think it is compared to a, a lot of other programs who are not bringing in 
this many guys from the portal. So let's talk about the main position there, the quarterback position. You and I have debated on, on Sports Talk Mississippi. We 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 don't un, I don't understand why Spencer Sanders is there at this point. It, it feels like it's going to be Dart. Walker Howard will back him up. It'll be his time to shine next year, I would imagine. This this quarterback battle, if if you will, I don't know if that's even the right word. You know, how has it played out up there? And has Dart solidified his position enough at this point that you think he's the guy? I, I think so. And and I also think that people are putting way too much stock into what they saw in the, the spring game. Spencer Sanders completed passes and he ran around a lot and he looked good. He looked like a guy that's played and started four years of Division One Power Five, if you want to call the Big 12 Power Five uh, football. I mean, he looked like that guy, but also... Uh, Pete Golding had three calls, and they weren't allowed to tackle. That that entire spring game was for show. That that was them putting on a show. That was not them like getting another look at their guys. Unlike what Alabama did this past weekend, that was I need to figure out what I have at quarterback. That is not how Ole Miss approached their spring game at all. All you hear is about Dart and his improvement. He's got a command of the locker room. He's got a command of the team. He he has gotten much better. His footwork's better. He's more comfortable. That's all you hear. And I, I another underrated talking point, recruiting Spencer Sanders was not difficult for them. And I don't know why people aren't talking about this enough, and, and it's in part because you don't want to talk about a college kid in this way. He didn't have very many options because of academic issues. And I think I don't think it was grades. I think it was like coursework. But he didn't have very many options. Right. Re- recruiting him was not difficult. So it's not like they had to fight off a bunch of schools and he was promised a starting job because they didn't have to do those things. He didn't have very many options. I will be surprised, though, if all three quarterbacks are on roster this fall. I- yeah. I- I'd be shocked because if you're advising Spencer Sanders, there's an incumbent starter. It's his team and everybody knows it. He's improved, and you've got one year left of eligibility. Are you really going to stick around to not play with your one year left when you've been a starter for four years? And maybe he can't go anywhere. Maybe the academic thing can't get figured out in a semester, and he can't go anywhere. I, I don't know, but I know coaches make promises that, that they don't follow up on, but Walker Howard was told, you're the second-team quarterback on this football team. And in 2024, it's your football team. He was told that in his recruiting process. It's why he went to Ole Miss. You got a year, and when that year's over, and by the way, you're going to be taking second-team reps. You'll be preparing as the starter. If the starter gets hurt, you're in. If they're beating up on Mercer, you're, you're playing. If they're beating up on what is it, Louisiana Monroe, you're playing. You're number two. And I don't know if you want to go back on that promise either, considering his talent and the the. Although he's transferred once, we know how the portal works. We know how that works. It's a mess. It feels like it's a mess. I would. I still would be surprised if it's not Jackson Dart. I would be surprised if Spencer Sanders doesn't leave. But I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't understand it now. I know it wasn't difficult to get him, but I'm still wondering if he stays. There's also a financial investment if he stays. Yeah. Feels like a waste of resources at that point. It's very confusing, and it's hard to talk about because it just feels like the thoughts are all over the place. But it's it's odd. It's very unique. Quinchon Juggins, best running back in the SEC, maybe in college football. Incredible freshman season. I mean, and, and, and you know, 
when you look back at Ole Miss, and again, they brought in Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley from the portal, and you know you had this Judkins kid that you heard all these good things about, and then he turned into a superstar. But he had that duo with Evans. People forget last year Evans was nearly at 1,000 yards when the season ended. Is Bentley going to be able to be a similar one-two punch guy, or is there another diamond in the rough that they're sitting on? I, I don't know if there's another diamond in the rough, but they need him to they need him to be that guy. Uh, we haven't gotten a good look at him. I mean, last season, we, we spent so much time talking about how bad the schedule was at the beginning for, for a good reason. Uh, Ole Miss's schedule was not difficult, and he was taking third-team running back reps. And, and yes, you know he looked good in, in his limited game action, but, I mean, it, the, the toughest team he played last year was Georgia Tech, who fired their coach. I mean, I mean how do we know how good he can actually be at this level? He's healthy now. And in the spring game where they weren't allowed to tackle and the defense was as basic as it could possibly be, he looked explosive. Uh, but will that translate when they're in Tuscaloosa, uh, when they're in Athens, when LSU's in town? You know, it, will, will it translate there? I, I don't know. But you, you can't have games where you're giving Judkins 30 carries uh, this season for a lot of reasons. I mean, y- you want to protect him for himself. Uh, you want to protect his body for his pro prospects. You, you, There's a lot of things you want to keep him happy and healthy because there's going to be another round of tampering that comes after this season. There's a lot of reasons you don't want to give him 30 carries a game. And they, they need Bentley to be that guy because if he's not, the other option's a true freshman. And there's not true freshmen like Judkins very often. Shouldn't be, no. Uh, at the receiver position, you know, Jonathan Mingo gone, Malik Heath gone. Those were the two big targets for Ole Miss last year. Is it all on transfers here, or is there a returning guy that could make an impact and be that the number one receiver? If you want to call Watkins, Jordan Watkins, a returning guy, you can. He also is a transfer, but he's been in the program for more uh, than just a few months. Uh, he's back. He's healthy. Uh, underrated player on that team last year. Uh, so that would be a guy that I would look at in terms of returning guys. Apparently, Jalen Knox. Stop me if you've heard this before. Another transfer, but has been in the program for uh, more than just a few months as well. He, he came from Missouri two years ago. Uh, they, they really like what he's been able to do now that he's healthy. But, I, I mean, when you look at this, Dayton Wade is a walk-on, but he came from somewhere else. Every receiver that I think is going to contribute for Ole Miss this season and a high level is a transfer at some point. Again, Watkins returns from last year's team. Knox returns from last year's team, but they were both transfers. And for some reason, r- recruiting high school receivers and making them impactful has not been a thing that they've done at all yet. Because Mingo's not a, a Kiffin guy. This is the question that determines, you know, what Ole Miss is this year. So it's just this is as simple as I can make it. It's almost going to be better defensively. Because if they're not. It's going to be a long year for Ole Miss, and I, I don't know that people are willing to accept that, and that's going to be my next question. But they have to be better defensively this year. And, I mean, they've had the one year, 2021, where they were pretty good defensively is a huge outlier of basically the past six, seven years. Well, and it took them six weeks to be good that year. Right? Yeah. I mean, remember Arkansas just up and down the field, up and that's down true. the field, that's up true. and down true. the field. What was it, 51 points, and, and they went for two to win the game. Uh, I mean, th- that's even the good year. That's where they were. Um, and that's the million dollar question, right? I, I have no idea what a Pete Golding defense is going to look like. I think in part they're they're not sure what kind of personnel they're going to have to to be as multiple as they'd like to be. Um, the the dependence on the portal is going to be 
pretty strong in this cycle as well. And that can be a good thing, but it also can be concerning. They need defensive line help. How many SEC caliber impact defensive linemen are in the transfer portal? How many? I mean, maybe there's a good bit. It's just those, those guys are hard to come by. I mean, you like the starters. At least I think they should. Uh, Harris, the NC State transfer, looks phenomenal on the inside, really explosive and physical and big. But after you look at the first four defensive linemen, you have to think to yourself, wait, who's that guy? Who's Demarcus Smith? Who Who is that? I, I, I don't know. I've never seen him play. Who's J.J. Hawkins? I, I don't know. I haven't seen him play. It's It's starters and then nobody. And it's the same thing at linebacker. I mean, they brought in a couple of transfers. There's two that you've seen play at Ole Miss before, and then the two transfers. And then, I mean, who's Tyler Banks? Who's Jameer? Who are these people? I can't tell you because I've never seen them play. The depth is of huge concern. Uh, the, the portal players have to hit, and they have to be healthy. I mean, Troy Brown last year got hurt, and then what were they at linebacker? They, they weren't particularly good, and it, it looks like it's shaping up to have the identical problem here. So, uh, back into the defense should be okay. There's a lot of experienced players there. But, man, I, I mean, I, there, there's no way to know even who they're going to have on this team considering what they need to add in this second portal window. And then those guys have to move to Oxford, get acclimated with the team, and then learn the system and play. There's a chance that defensively they're they're kind of a mess in year one especially let Cedric Johnson get hurt again and then I it's it's a mess that side of the ball right now is a mess with personnel it's an absolute mess compared to what it should be so last year I took a little heat because I said I predicted Ole Miss to go seven and five prior to the season I was a game off I had them losing to Kentucky I was way off on my Kentucky prediction I'll, I'll take I'll take the bullet for that one well, they did strip Will Levis when they were driving to score to to win that game. That was probably the best game defensively Ole Miss played all year. Um, this year, I mean, you look at that schedule; it's tougher. You know, the, you replace Kentucky with a trip to Georgia. The SEC West is is still where it is. A and M could be better. Auburn could be better. Mississippi State, you got to come to Starkville. I mean, seven and five sounds about right where I'm sitting today. We'll, we'll see where I get in July. Now paying Kiffin nine million a year, are Ole Miss fans going to accept seven and five? No, 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 no they would not. That's simple. Uh, All right. No, they wouldn't, uh, especially after the debacle uh, at the end of last season and and everything that came with that. But no, uh, they would not accept that. Uh, it, the, you know, there's a chance that they're better than that, I suppose. But until they beat Alabama, I won't think they will. They have to go to Athens, so there's two losses, right? There's twelve games. There's two what I would call auto losses. So you've got yeah. ten games. I do think with because of the schedule, if they get to eight, if they beat Mississippi State, for example, and get to eight, people won't like jump through hoops, but yeah. it, that's fine. They'll accept that. To get there, then you have to go eight and two in your remaining 10 games. Well, you've got your four non conference games that they'll be a favorite in each of them. It's mm-hmm. still Georgia Tech. I know they have to go to Tulane, but they lost everything. So if you win those four and you also get Vanderbilt, that's five. So you'll be favored in those. So if you can win those five, then it's three and two for your remaining games, which is Texas A&M, LSU, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Auburn. Can they go three and two in those five games? There, that 
there, there's your April schedule thought. Can they go three yeah. and two in those five games? If that answer is yes, then they're going to win eight games. If that answer is no, then they're not. Simple as that. We shall see. Obviously, a lot more Mississippi State and Ole Miss talk to come on Sports Talk Mississippi. Oh, especially, especially because uh, the baseball teams. Um, we're gonna have to. Hey, I told my listeners that we are we are diving into college football on Thunder and Summer Atlanta. of football. All right, we'll hit Missouri later this week uh, for the next part of today's uh, of the spring background. Michael Borky, Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Talk to you later. Yeah, in like three hours. <laughs> a Super Talk Mississippi media production.